Hey y'all, we are back with another episode of Bad Talks. Um, Kay and I are so excited to introduce our next guest. Like we told you, we we took our little hiatus, right? Yes, we did. And we took a little bit of time off, but we came back and we've been bringing some great guests on. Yes, and yes. we're so excited to have on tonight, Mr. Thomas Knox. Welcome, welcome to Bed Talks. Welcome to Bed Talks. Why don't you start off, Thomas, by telling people a little bit about yourself? Because I know all about you, but I want my audience to know, like, kind of how, you know, the thing that you're doing to kind of pull people together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I created a connection platform back in 2015 uh, called Date While You Wait. Um, And it sounds like it's about romantic dating, but it's actually about creating human connection. Um, So what I do is I set up table and chairs in the New York City subway, and I invite people to have conversations about whatever they want. We can talk about relationships, we can talk about work, um, we can talk about life, and uh, from time to time I utilize board games um, and and different prompts to kind of make it a really, really dope experience. So uh, that's what DYU is all all about. Now, I got to ask, I'm sorry, uh, audience, you don't know, but as we are talking to Mr. Thomas, um, he has an important night tonight, um, and he has a nice lady friend to his side. So I got to ask, and this is for the audience and for me. All right. Is that how you lured her? Uh, that is not how I lured her. <laughs> no. uh, she, she, uh, I knew her before DYU8. So. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> So I thought it was interesting that you used the concept of date while you wait. You know, I'm a little biased. I'm a relationship coach and, and love strategist. And I'm all about people connecting because I feel like when people have love in their lives, it just changes the world. Literally, it changes the community. It, it changes the structure of a family, which affects the community, which affects the world. And so I thought it was kind of cool that you used the date while you wait. And so when people did start sitting down with you, how did you then pivot the conversation away from that. Yeah, so it was, that's a great point. I think starting out, I just came up with the name. I just thought it sounded good, so I didn't really have any strategy to it. Um, and then as people would sit with me, they were they would engage. So they would be like, what is this? And I remember day one, I, I didn't even know. I, was, I remember telling people, I don't know. I just want to create a space to have a conversation. So, you know, it's not romantic dating. Um, and I ended up sitting with close to 20 people and it was all people of all races, all sexes. Mm. It was it was great. Like I was connecting in a way that I didn't even expect coming out the gate. So mm. uh, yeah, it's it's funny because when people are walking by, first thing comes out of their mind is like this guy's looking for a date. But once they engage, or you know, I've had people tell me I'm desperate. So they're like, man, I can't believe someone's so desperate to sit in the subway to date people, and then go home and watch or share with a friend or share with family the family members that I'm doing it. And they come back and apologize, like, oh, I thought it was something totally different. I apologize. Um, and that's happened to me a couple of times over the years. So. I, I got to ask you, man, for real. Um, you, you said something as I was reading um, over your bio. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting because I know social media is real. And I know that's how people now tend to engage with one another. But what really stood out with, with you was how you wanted to bring that that old remedy of just face-to-face interaction back in a more innovative style and honestly in a place where it used to be that 
people did carry on conversations instead of being on this 24-7. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. So what, what led you to that conclusion? Just, I mean, being in, you know, of course, Brooklyn and New York, you guys are always on the go. All right. So I want to say you had to come down here to the South to slow down a little bit. And then you took that mentality, you know, back to New York. That's what I want to say. But I'm sure you, you were thinking outside of the box, just looking around. Like, Man, we need to slow down. Hey, let, let, let's talk face to face. What, what triggered that? Yeah, so my whole life, I've always been the kind of the guy that's been super outgoing, the guy to try anything. anything. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to go out and hand out flowers to people. Um, me and my cousin, we would hand out lollipops to people. We could, people would be like, you look, you look like having a bad day. Hey, take a lollipop. Um, yeah. And it, we've, I've always been that type of guy. So coming up with innovations to connect with people, I feel like it's kind of in my blood and in my DNA. I, I just feel really comfortable around people. I, I know how to engage in a way where it's not intimidating. Um, and with Date Why You Ate more specifically, it, it, it just kind of evolved. Like when I started, I just, I just wanted to do it one day. I had no idea it would turn into what it is today. I, I literally just wanted to go to Subway one day, see how it goes. And, you know, for, I guess fortunate for me, it, it, it ended up going viral immediately. Like as soon as I shared the photos, it was shared all over and everybody wanted to know what it was. But that was not my intention. My intention was just to do another one of, you know, Thomas's crazy you know, connection experience. Want a lollipop? <laughs> yeah, like we, we've done so many different things, me, me and my cousins and friends. Um, because I, I do agree with you. I think connection has changed over the years. And, you know, social media is cool, but I, I feel like social, there's, there's, there's nothing social about social media. Mm. Um, I'm really big on just meeting people face-to-face, -face, really big on body language, really big on seeing how we can connect beyond, you know, texting each other on the phone or, or video chat. Oh man, so I can't I can't, you know, say that you got it from the south. I can't say we gave that to you <laughs> because you already Where the south are you from? Oh man, from Atlanta, man. So so my family's from Augusta, Georgia. I actually lived there many, many years. So I, I lived in Augusta before I started day white so maybe <laughs> he, he had to get that in there. He's just biased. I'm from Chicago, so I'm just going to say it's some big, you know, in a big city, you want to connect with people, too. I mean, you don't have to be in the South. I'm just Which saying. is true. But, you know, <laughs> I, I said that because, you know, you being in the Big Apple, you know, everything is so fast moving. You know, my 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 thinking was what triggered him just, hey, whoa, because you if you grew up in that environment, that's what you're used to. So I'm curious now, which side did you do? Did you get this these traits from? Was it your mom's side, your dad's side, both? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it, it's it's a, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that question, and I would definitely say my mom. So my mm. parents, they're uh, total opposites. My dad is this square. He's never smoked, never drank, never flown, and he's in his sixties. My mom's traveled. My mom uh, smokes, drinks. She actually lifts it up. Um, and it's total opposites. So I would definitely say I get it from my mom. And I'm also, I, 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 there are times where I'm an extrovert and there's times where I just like to be chill. I like to relax. Like I know how to turn it on and off. Um, and I think that's something that I've learned as, I, as I've gotten older to be able to hone. Um, even when you're, you're meeting a stranger for the first time, you know, it can be intimidating for both of you guys, so how do you, you break that wall and create a space where, you know, they're telling you about the relationship they're in or they're telling you about an experience that they may have, they may not have shared with someone else. Um, I just learned how to, like, really, and this is all through life experience, how to really listen and, and uh, you know, build from there.
You know, I, I like what you said earlier. Um, we do have social media, but it's not really social mm. because a lot That's of the studies have shown that as much as people are engaging, they're still really not feeling connected mm. and they walk away feeling lonelier. Mm. And I think that's because there's a lot of comparativeness going on and competitiveness, right, of sharing moments. I'm living my best life. And, and, and there's that pressure that people feel like they're missing out on things. So I was curious, when you finally got people to sit down, even though you use the date while you wait <laughs> sign, what were, like, what were the common themes you were hearing from people? Because I feel personally that... A lot, a lot of times we're more alike than different. And I'm sure you learned that through talking to different people, even though we look different, come from different places, have different socioeconomic backgrounds, different belief systems. There's really more common threads that we have, in, more common things that we have in common and share. So what were some of the like common things that people were talking about to you? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. You know, different doesn't mean that we're not relatable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot that we have in common um, that we don't, talk about or we don't utilize a conversation um and when i started it was more so like uh people sit down with me asking me could i set them up <laughs> like, i had one i had a woman sit down with me and she was with her like four-year-old son and she's like i'm single like can you set me up with somebody and i'm just laughing because i'm like uh sure like, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> uh but, the, but the, you know some of the common themes are definitely people being open to sharing where they are romantically or where they are professionally like I tell people all the time I, I say hey you know whatever dream whatever, whatever aspiration you have you know you can go for it because I sit in the subway like look at me I sit in the subway and I talk to people um and this was before day why you has got was as popular as it is now but you know if you if I could sit in the subway and talk to strangers you could do anything um and I think that's something that you know I try to tell every single person I've had people share with me you know that they're in abusive relationships I've had people share with me that they work for a job that they hate and their passion is, you know, being, being an artist. And I'm like, Hey, you know, start that project. And when you start it, send me a photo or share it with mm-hmm. me. And they don't always do that, but that's not the point. The point is to have them leave encouraged and inspired. So that that's, uh, that, that's more so the common thing. You have what I call a magnetism. And what, what I mean when I say that, just talking to you, man, um, people are drawn to share personal, you know, personal, you know, things or personal experiences with you. And that's something that you don't even have to work for. It it just happens. Elizabeth has it. You know, I actually have it. And what I mean is I I give the credit to, of course, who I was derived from, you know, my mom's, my, my, my home environment, you know, um, my, 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 my living environment, because what happens is people, they, they, they end up telling you things and afterwards, they feel better. But then it's almost like they double back. Did I just share all this with, with you? I'm sure you have found that to, to happen quite a few times. Oh, absolutely. I think even beyond that, you know, I I ask questions in a way where I put myself out there before mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when people hear my side of the story you know, right. or parts of my life, it's easier for them to share. Um, and, and, and it's something that it's, uh, I'll put this out there. So I'm in the process of writing a book. And in the book, there's going to be a piece where, essentially, you know, you don't you don't always leave with a question, but you leave with how you feel or where you stand, and then you let that tie to the question. So, for example, you know, if I, you know, if I'm talking to my significant other about pizza, and instead of me just being like, "Do you want pizza?" Starting off with, "Hey, I'm really in the mood for some pizza. You know, this is this is the, the, this is the kind I love." And then mm-hmm. ask, "What do you think? What are your thoughts?" <laughs> a lot of times, you find people will be more honest with you then. Mm-hmm. Then you're not saying anything first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that 
it's one of the kind of the skills I've learned throughout this process of my life that when you lead with your point of view and you do it in a way that's authentic, like you're not being pretentious, it's very authentic. A lot of times people will be open to, sh- to sharing where they are um, because they, they believe in and they trust in what you're sharing. So. I really like what you said. I was reading something, um, I I think earlier today or yesterday, and it talked a lot about that, how sometimes you may think your point of view or your perspective isn't important, but it's always important to share your perspective, just like you're saying, in an authentic way, because it opens the door for others to come in and feel like they can share their perspective. And a lot of times there's shared perspectives that aren't always voiced or or people aren't as vocal with sharing a certain experience, but you just never know how you can impact someone else. So it sounds like you, you really led with authenticity and vulnerability. And and people feel that. And people feel that. Feel and they that. open up. And I think it's kind of mm-hmm. ironic because you're in a big city where there's a mm-hmm. lot of people, but yet people are still feeling not connected. They're feeling lonely. They're not feeling like they can talk to someone, but yet you opened that door for some people to express things. And I'm sure even though everyone didn't write back and give you project updates like they should have, <laughs> that that there's still was some... I know, I know, I'm being funny. I'm being like the teacher. Like they didn't do their assignments that you told them to do that would make them feel better. But no, even though that didn't happen, sometimes it's just the release of people airing out that gives them a, a way to get to that next step. Maybe to think about that abusive relationship differently or maybe to think about that passion. Maybe they can't do it full time, but maybe they can start a project. I like how you said just starting small mm-hmm. with a project because sometimes you have to grab little pieces of your passion while you're doing things you have to do. That's that's real life, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really admirable. And and it sounds like you like aren't doing just one thing. I saw that you had a little uh, bow tie company. I don't want to say little, but bow ties are kind of small. Um, <laughs> so, not only, so tell us tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah, I have several companies. So uh, I'll, I'll give you kind of a quick rundown of them all. Uh, so from DayYUA, I created a company called The Connection Collective. Um, and that was birth, just based through me going to schools, trying to do workshops to teach students about human connection. But schools being like, All right, you know, this program looks incredible, but DayYUA, that's, that's going to confuse our fifth and sixth graders. Like, we, <laughs> <laughs> we don't need those problems. We got enough of those hormones going on. We're, we don't need you coming up and, <laughs> and up and ante, yeah, right? Was, uh, a little bit of a challenge. So, uh, so that's when I came up with The Connection Collective. And, the, the company is primarily focused on creating experiences, initiatives, doing workshops that all focus on uh, uh, accelerating and encouraging human connection. So uh, we, we do different events, series, and um, everything is all about bringing people together, but doing it in a unique way. So you um, work so with schools connection. and then also adults? Is it is it a wide uh, range? So I, don't, I don't work specifically with adults. So we, uh, we have three uh, workshops that we do with... Uh, Middle, public, middle, and high school students. Okay. And then I have events that I host. So, you know, I do a dinner series where we dissect an album. Um, I do a, a series called Behind the Image where we we uh, have participants guess what image our guest photographer is referring to as they share a story behind mm. their images and their work. So I have all these different event series that I've created. Um, and those are just to name a few, but... Uh, like I said, it's all focused on human connection. It's funny because I get a lot of questions. People are like, you know, you should teach and you should do things for adults. And there are things in the works. I, I, I'm, my, my mindset has always been, how do I create uh, opportunities for people to connect? A lot of adults that I could come, come across, they want me to teach them how to date. And mm. 
I know nothing about dating. Like, I'm not good. <laughs> that's, that's. <laughs> you can send them to me. Send them to me. Send them, send them to. I get a lot of emails and a lot of messages like, hey, I, it takes guts to send a subway. You know, I would love to be able to use that to a date. And I'm like, I can teach you how to connect with people. You can utilize that for dating if you like. But um, I am no dating or relationship expert. I don't want to be one. I'm just a regular guy that does what I love to do. You probably would be a good relationship expert just by the fact that you were able to sit in the subway in a major city and get people to connect with you. But that, but I get it. You, your passion is really getting people to just connect. And I was curious, you talked about middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. what's going on, you know, with that age range, because I know social media is, it's a totally different dynamic for them now. Um, the way they interact, like I, we have a teenager Mm -hmm. and you know, we see how kids communicate. They could be in the room with each other, but they're really like not talking to each other. They're kind of scrolling. So what, you know, what are the things that you kind of have seen from the kids that you talk to or that you, how do you encourage them to find ways to really just dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, with each other? Because I do think that's a lost art now. Yes, it's, 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 it's definitely a lack of conflict. So, you know, when you don't know someone and you don't know who you are, you're trying to figure out who you are. there's there's a clash. So how do you find commonality? And that's usually what what I utilize. So in most cases with with students, it's, you know, it's music, music, sports a lot of times. Um, You know, as we're talking about, like, the TikToks and the social media. So how do we utilize that to start great dialogue? And it can be a feature. Um, So what I like to use a lot of times, um, I talk about the importance of practice not being perfect. Practice makes better. I always, I always tell my students, practice makes better. And what I mean by that, if you look at the LeBron James of the world, you look at the Michael Jordans of the world, no matter how old they got playing the game, you always seen them do interviews at practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, so I challenge the students to be like, hey, show me a video where Michael Jordan is not doing an interview at practice. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, I, and that's just one of, one of the things. But there's so many different ways to find uh, commonality and, find, and, and be relatable. And it could be about, you could, you could talk about a, a, a certain trend. Um, I host a, a virtual book club. Uh, we actually just started yesterday. And one thing that I find that's been really big as of lately is everything around social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot, a lot of our youth, they're having trouble, not, uh, they're having trouble navigating that space. Mm-hmm. And some of the parents that are on my call, that are in my book club, they, they share that it's a challenge talking to their kids about, about uh, social, social changes mm-hmm. and things like that because... It was different when they grew up. You know, how do you navigate that now? And um, I, I like to use exactly what we have in front of us. Let's talk about the things that are on their mind and let them share it. You know, I think a lot of times we over talk our youth and we got to let them get it out. We got to try to try to do a better job speaking their, speaking their language and then allowing them to understand ours. Um, so this, those are just some of the, some of the things that I, that I do and I hope, hope it's helpful. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You said something that kind of strung a chord with me um, as far as speaking their language. Um, another term I like to use is, you know, get to their level. Now, And when I say get to their level, dealing with our adolescents, with our young men, young women, I'm not saying act like them. It's a difference in acting, but getting to that level of understanding where they feel comfortable with you because you are willing to get to that level. I once heard a person say that a lack of transparency re- results in distrust. Okay. When I heard you speaking earlier, what you were really saying was, yes, I make myself transparent so that I can hopefully build the trust for the person that I'm dialoguing with. 
That way, they'll be more comfortable talking to me about things because I've already exposed myself to a certain extent. Well, with adolescents, you know, I find that to be the very same, if not more real with adolescents, because they look at us adults as you all are fake, you all, you go, you all can't relate. But when you open up that door of transparency and you get to their level, I think that's a, a way that not only a bridge can be connected, but it can also be a two-way bridge that will never be broken. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to that, too, I, I think there's there's another side of it that we, we sometimes miss. Like, I know when I was in high school, I wasn't the best student. I, I was like, I need to get to Holly. I don't, I don't want to be here. And I went through probably like three or four guys' counselors. But the one that stuck out to me, the one that to this day, Miss Carrie J, I love her to death. She's incredible. And the reason I, I connected with her is because we found a way to relate. Mm -hmm. I found out that she was from Brooklyn. So every time I would go into her office, she would give me a little historical fact about her growing up in Brooklyn and then follow me about my classes. Mm -hmm. And that's what led to me, you know, being more focused and graduating. So I find that if you can find a way to relate with, the, with, with our youth um, and do it in a way where, you know, it may be, you, you see all these viral videos where students talk about sneakers or they talk about waves or they, you know, finding ways to be like, hey, I saw that video too and this is what I thought and it was funny and it would have been different back in my time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they, they're, they're open to engaging and be like, what do you mean it would be different back in time? And then you, then you have an opportunity to share what it was like when you grew up, when you grew up and it may be in the same city, it may be under similar circumstances. So um, I just, I, I think it's very important for always to relate and, and to, uh, to, 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 to try to, uh, try to connect on the same level. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I um, also wanted you to go back to the bow ties. We kind of got oh, off that subject a little bit. It's okay, because uh, you got a lot going on. So I know it's hard to keep all these things in your mind, front of mind. So tell us a little bit about the bow ties and the concept behind that too as well. Uh, yeah, so uh, Be Great Bow Ties is, is the brand. And what we do is we can make uh, bow ties out of 3D printed screens. So I have a 3D printer. Um, and we also use Scrapple, um, like actual Scrapple pieces, not Scrapple, because everybody's like, Scrapple, don't use Scrapple, <laughs> use Scrapple. Um, board and, game, uh, board game, people, board game board from game. what, from what, the 80s, 90s, and, I don't uh, know, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we it's, I started in 2016, it was actually uh, originated from a friend of mine who unfortunately uh, we lost in 2015. Um, and, I, and I started out doing it as, as, as paying homage to him. And then after some years, I decided to, we, we used to donate and things like that. And I decided to kind of change that up. But uh, he was the originator and he kind of, he, he gave me, he gave me the original bow tie he gave me was just like some scrabble pieces glued together. Hmm. And I've since elevated to a whole nother level. So um, now I'll be great bow ties. It's been in magazines. We've done weddings. We've wow on different types of uh, fashion shows and it's all about being unique in style that's that's our slogan we want you to be unique in style so cool. um, so that's be great bow ties and to be honest i don't spend nearly enough time on it but i should because <laughs> i have all these other things happening but uh but i you know i love the brand just as much as i love everything else that i'm doing and what you said was the name of your book club again uh it's called the my brother's keeper virtual book club we do it virtually uh the first time we did it last year um i just came up with the idea because i didn't see a lot of book clubs for black men mm. and i feel like black men for whatever reason they might exist but i just haven't seen them mm. so i was like i'm gonna create my own during the pandemic so the first book we read was letters to a young brother um by hill harper and i created an eight-week 
program and within the program i had each participant pay an accountability fee so they paid ten dollars and at the end of the, if they completed all eight weeks they came all eight weeks they would get their ten dollars back and get the book for free um and it was incredible it's just it was it was it was so emotional it was a lot of vulnerability and i was like I, all the brothers was like when are we doing it again when are we doing it again so <laughs> we just started our second one this time we're reading uh, Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. And you talk about yesterday, it was just crazy. Like we were on the call, it's usually about an hour call. We were on it for like almost hour, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. just getting emotional, being vulnerable. And uh, that's what I wanted to create for, for brothers. So that's why I, uh, I created the, the, uh, the book club. And you know, that's something that a lot of us men, um, we, we feel it's kryptonite when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable amongst other men, you know, so to hear you, you know, uh, actually come up with a concept uh, of a book club for for males and that you guys are able to bond, get emotional, you know, chat, rap, just just pretty much, you know, uh, uh, bring what I call an iron sharpening iron mentality. I think that's a good thing because when we deal with our youth also, that's another misconception that our, our young males have, man. I don't get emotional. I don't. But if you don't get emotional, then you're not human. You know, don't don't let anyone tell you that as a man you're not supposed to get emotional. So I think that's big that you actually created that format and that platform, man. Yeah, thank you so much. It, it it's it's kind of like day by day. I didn't know what it was gonna be. I just saw a need and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna try something out. And we for first time we had twenty brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. The accountability fee was ten dollars. And they, and they started to dwindle. By the end, we had about 11, 12. And now I upped the accountability fee. So now it's $20. Mm-hmm. And we had 15 brothers sign up. So we'll see what happens. And they, you know, they all showed up week one. So we'll see what happens. But um, it's the type of thing that, even with youth, I feel like opportunity uh, builds trust, right? So if I, if I give somebody an opportunity to show me what they bring to the table, and it doesn't specifically have to be um, from a job perspective. It could just be, you know, I, I have a talent, I enjoy drawing, and I give them an opportunity to draw, then they're going to, their level of trust changes because they know that I believe in them. Right. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, a lot of times we don't do with young people as well. Sometimes we, we you know, we, we preach to them rather mm-hmm. than collaborating mm-hmm. with them. Good point. Good point. Wow. I just see all kind of layers in your connection, your human connection mm-hmm. and all the things you're doing. So keep up the amazing work. Um, I think these are the things that are so impactful and purposeful. And I know everyone's always in life looking for what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. But sometimes what you're supposed to do is touch someone else's life to help them do what they need to do, too. So that's the other piece I see of just the whole cycle of what you're doing, helping young people lay in that legacy with them. And then I know the adults want to help. They want help too, but you're like, no, I'm gonna send you somewhere else. So you're helping them indirectly. I'm just giving. I'm totally joking with you. I'm just not that guy. I'm a very one thing about me. I'm very very focused on what I'm focused on. I don't like to waste time. Mm-hmm. Time is something we don't get back. Exactly. Um, and right. I I have a lot of challenges. You know, everybody goes with stuff. You know, I'm no different than anybody else. And one of my biggest challenges is that I don't care about social media. I don't care, like, that. it doesn't do it for me. I don't care about, you know, speaking to millions of people. I care about the one person. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's one of my biggest challenges. And, I, and you know, a lot of companies I work with, and, and I, I've missed out on a lot of opportunities because they're like, oh, you, you know, your followers are not this, or, you know, you, you, you don't engage in this way. 
And quite frankly, I'm never going to. It's just not who I am. I, I like to stick to who I am. And it's been for, I've been fortunate to, to stick to my guns and be able to create and produce a TV series. Like, when we started, I've, I've been approached by, like, 20 production companies. And they were like, we want you to create a show about dating. We want you to create a show. And I'm like, no, that's not what this is. Connections, connections. I go on these meetings with these executives, and they're like, okay, you, you, like, are you thinking about dating? I'm like, no, like, it's not what it is. And I, I've been blessed to find a a production company that finally got it exactly what I was looking to do. And now we have a, a TV series that has won, won 13 awards and we're nominated for two Emmys. Wow. And it's just because I stuck to, to the focus. So what you want to do, what you want to do. Can you tell people yeah. a little bit about the TV show and then we'll, uh, you know, let you get on with your night with your special person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's patient. I appreciate her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the TV show is exactly what DYU8 is. It's it's an extension of DYU8. The reason I, I wanted to create the series, and uh, it, it, it was it was built, was because we felt like DYU8 is great as a New York City scene. But what about the person who lives in Nebraska, the person mm-hmm. that lives in in Antarctica or in Australia? Um, so I wanted to raise something that when you watch the show, you get that same level of a connection that you do when you watch me in the subway. The, the, the biggest difference between the two is now you get to hear the person sitting down with me, their side of the story. You get to hear their, their advice. You get to hear their experiences. Whereas in the subway, all you see is a video or you see a, a photo of me sitting there. Mm-hmm. Right? You just see me having these conversations. You don't know what, what's going on mm-hmm. in the other person's head. You don't know what they're sharing. So um, that's what the show's about. It's, it's about sharing conversations that are, uh, are, are helpful, conversations that are extraordinary. Like we want to be able to inspire um, and I think that we did that with the show. And then another cool thing about the show is that we've been able to, to take DYU out the subway. So there are episodes where I actually go to other places in the city and connect with New York staples. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just really, really excited to be able to bring that to, to, you know, to people all across the world. We're, we're currently streaming in over like 20 platforms and in and, and a, and a bunch of countries. And we're actually making our network TV uh, premiere and debut in October. So that's, that's wow. what all the press is about now is about it. Being being uh being uh available on television and through uh, New York City TV and YC TV. So well, keep really us posted once that show goes live and and send us a link so we can definitely check it out and definitely. watch it. We really thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, and I understand about your focus. You can only do so much and solve so many problems at a time, but I think you're doing, I mean, just amazing work with um, bringing people together, connecting them, letting people air out. That is such a needed thing um, right now. There's so many challenges people are having around mental health for lots of different reasons, the pandemic, um, changes in their lives, adjustments. Um, and so it's good that you're leading that that battle to help but, people. But also the power of staying in your lane and knowing the giftings, the talents. No one is able to sway you outside the lane, but staying in your lane. Mm-hmm. And my man Thomas has proven that. Yep. So we appreciate you being on the show. Tell people again where they can find you um, and a little bit about, again, about the different uh, locations for your businesses, too, that you're involved in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me. It's so funny. It's like... You can find me on social media, but I don't like social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you gotta be there. It's just a, it's just a thing now. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> you, you can find me on uh, all social media platforms, but uh, I'm on Instagram under the Connection Curator is my personal Instagram, and then uh, date while you wait on all on all platforms, as well as be great bow ties, the Connection Collective. They're available on all platforms. So if you, if you search those those three, you'll find them. 
And then the connection curator is just on Instagram, which is my personal page. Um, and I guess the last thing I would love to add is anyone who's listening to this, if you uh, listen to this and you feel inspired or you, you, know, you have a question and you want to engage, I am open to connect with anyone. I will always get back to you. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, I, you know, I may not be able to connect with you right away, but mm-hmm. when you reach out, you have my word, I will touch base with you. And, you know, some, sometimes you just have, you know, you need, a, you need a word of advice or you may have something you want to share. Um, so I'm, I'm no bigger than anybody. We, we all matter. We, we're all important. And I just want to make sure that's clear. So if you listen to this and you want to connect, please feel free to reach out. And I can attest to that. He connected with me when I reached out to him and he was responsive. And I know he's busy, but he still responded. So I, I believe wholeheartedly what he is saying there. So I will second that. Um, thank you again, Thomas, for being on the show. Thomas Knox, uh, it was, this was just a great discussion. We are going to leave the show there, guys. It was great to be back in front of all of you tonight, having you listen to the podcast as well. Um, Again, you can find us on the Anchor app, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, and we're going to leave it there, right? Building relationships, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Until next time, XOXO. Everyone got their hands out and it ain't to reach me.